You're listening to the Church of Life and Praise podcast. If you'd like more information about our ministry, please visit us at churchoflifeandpraise.com or check us out on Facebook. Our prayer is that you would come to know Jesus in a deeper way. Now, enjoy the message. Well, let's get into chapter 1. Appreciate Pastor Russ and Pastor Ray for what they said uh, yesterday, uh, last Sunday, and uh, spoke to us. I mean, the, the days have gone into, or minutes gone into, I don't know, they're all blended together, and uh, we're finally, this is Sunday, hey, right? Amen? Acts 1, 1 and 2. I'm reading from the New King James. Now, I'm not going to go through the book of Acts verse by verse, because that will take, will take us three or four years, but um, which maybe might be good. Amen? Praise the Lord. Uh, I don't know how long we speak, uh, spoke on the book of Acts, and I was concerned for you're going to get tired of it, but we, we finished, uh, not the book of Acts, but the uh, Ephesians, but we did finish verse 3. I, uh, no, we finished, we, we finished for, uh, chapter 2, right? And, and we've still got three coming. Uh, I don't know when. I'll give you a rest. Praise the Lord. Acts 1, 1 and 2. It says, The former account I made, O Theophilus. Now, we're going to give a little history here. So, may not be, I may not have you up shouting, but it will, it will establish where we we're talking about following the pattern. Going through the book of Acts. I'm not interested in anything else but the apostolic church. Now, when I say apostolic church, I don't mean a denomination. I mean the book of Acts. What did the apostles do? I want to do what they did because they got results. When we go through the book of Acts, we see uh, everything um, that they did, and it was powerful. But there had to be some surrender. There had to be uh, some selling out to God. If we want God to work in our lives, there are things that we have to let go, we have to give up, and we have to allow God. In other words, once we come to Jesus Christ, we're really not our own. And when he asks us to give himself, ourselves entirely to him, it's not a bad thing, because God has good intentions for us. That's why he wrapped himself in flesh, walked among us in the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus was God in the flesh, and we know that. Why did he do that? Why didn't he just, why didn't he just go boom and just create it and, and, and not, uh, you know? No, he wanted companionship. And you know sometimes, you know, God gets lonely. And you know who he gets lonely for? Us. He wants to, that's why he's always coming in the midst of our services and speaking to us. This is why he's always talking to us prophetically. This is why he's always, always, uh, healing us and all, he's always doing those because his spirit yearns for our spirit. His spirit, he, he yearns to be one with us. You know, we're not serving God up here and us down here. We're serving God here. 
He's walking with us. He's with us every day. Don't ever and get the idea that, oh, oh, you know, I gotta be afraid of God. I, I, and when we talk about the fear of God in the Bible, you know, I gotta be scared of it. No. That breaks the heart of God when you think like that. I don't have to be scared of God. I have to be in reverence of Him. I have to respect Him. I have to honor Him. And I should. God loves me. And if He corrects me, He's going to do it in love. And He does have all authority. And He does have all power. But He's a wise God. And it says it's because of His mercies that we aren't consumed. That's why He came in the flesh. If He came in all of His glory, we, He would consume us because He's so powerful. We just sang about it this morning. And so he's left us a pattern to show us how to do it. First of all, he just, he, he wrapped himself in flesh and, and so that we could look upon him, that we could, and then in that flesh and in that, that, that uh, uh, um, manifestation of him, he walked the shores of Galilee. He walked and lived for 33 and a half years among us, showing us how to do it. And even when the disciples were walking with him before the, resur before the resurrection, they didn't have a clue. And you're going to hear me mention that. They didn't have a clue. And for three and a half years, he walked patiently with them, instructing them. And they never got it till after the resurrection. Now, I'm telling you, that, that, that's something. And why wouldn't we give ourselves to him? Why wouldn't we surrender him? Can you imagine Peter, after he was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, looking back over his life like we do, and probably saying, oh my God, why did he even bother with me? And he looks back and he says, I made so many mistakes, so many blunders, I spoke so many times when I shouldn't have spoken. Oh, why did I go and cut that, 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 uh, uh, a leader's ear off? Why, well, you know, why did I do that? And then the biggest thing, why did I deny him or pray, or, or, or say I didn't know him? And yet God came to the, I think the, 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 the ladies, uh, Jesus came to the ladies and said, you go tell the, 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 the disciples and Peter. Now you talk about love. See, we just pass those things over. And then we, we think, you know, we think we got to toe the line. You know, bless God, you know, we, we can't, we can't, we can't, oh, dear God, I can't step out of line. Oh, God, you know, it's so hard being a Christian. I can't step out of line. Oh, I, I can't step out of, I can't step out of line. Oh, God, I got to go and do it all over again. Dear Jesus, you know, will you come? I can't step out of line. I, oh, and that's the way we go. God shakes his head and says, take my hand. Why are you struggling so? 
just give your will to me. Give your life to me. Sell out to me. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to lead you. Oh, I made a mistake. I thought a wrong thought. I can't praise God today because I said something I shouldn't have said. What's the blood for? What's the blood for? What? Cleansing. If any man said we have a what? An advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. Well, I'm going to get to Acts 1. I'll read it again. The former account I made of Theophilus of all that Jesus began to both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up or ascended into heaven. I, that's in parentheses. I put that there. Okay, Acts 1.1. The former account I made of Theophilus. O Theophilus. Now, the accounts of Luke to Theophilus is, is this. One, he wrote the book of Luke. <clears throat> not one, uh, uh, and Luke was not one of the twelve. Luke was a physician, as according to Colossians 4.14, Luke the beloved physician. Three, he was a companion and fellow laborer of Paul in the gospel. Everywhere Paul went, Luke was there. He wrote of Paul's travels and experiences. He was like a private secretary. I mean, he wrote everything down that, that, Paul, uh, that Paul did. That's why he could, so, he could be and write so easily about in the book of Acts and, the, and Luke. Possibly related to Paul, and some say he was a Jew by birth, and others Gentile, possibly Greek, and, and I learned to the second one. Now, Theophilus. Who was Theophilus? His name means friend of God, a very reputable Greek or Roman, may have had uh, some rank because in Luke 1.3, uh, uh, Luke addresses him as most excellent Theophilus. He was one of Luke's disciples, Theophilus was, and he was Luke's honorable Christian friend. They were friends. And now there's, there's, of course, there's two, there's two narratives. Luke was the writer and author of the book of Luke and Acts. And why did he write the book, book of Luke? Because he feels and felt that Theophilus needed to be taken deeper into the faith. So he, uh, I mean, uh, he wanted a, a, an accurate account of Jesus' life. And he wanted Theophilus to understand it. And he wanted to present the facts and proofs to Theophilus. He wanted Theophilus, his friend, to get the message. So, the first narrative Luke says here, and this is where it cards in Luke 1, 3 and 4, it says, It seemed good to me also to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. This is why I teach like I do. There are times when I get excited and, and get you up shouting and everything else. But I want you to get the word. 
And the reason why you feel solid, and I'm not, and I'm not going to, I'm not bragging, but I'm telling you why you feel sorry. It isn't necessarily the shouting and the and the and the running that we do. It's the teaching we get that makes us shout. We understand. I want you to understand why you're shouting, not just because we get emotional. We don't worship here on Sunday morning in the first part of, just for you to give you a thrill. I want you to understand why you're worshiping because when you get into worship, you will become sensitive to the presence of God, understanding why you're worshiping, and then it becomes more real to you. And if you're getting good teaching, when the songs go up on the, on the screen, it just won't be little platitudes that you get. It will, it will remind you of the word of God that you have learned, and then it begins to take you deeper into the presence of God. Because, you know, as I was singing that song about singing a billion uh, galaxies and all that. I'm thinking about his creation. I'm going back while I'm worshiping into, crea- in, into Genesis and I'm beginning to thinking how he spoke this into existence and how he spoke that into existence and how the angels were sitting there, standing there watching him as he was creating and became part of creation. And, and, begin, and it makes it more real. And so I begin to worship him even more. I can't really worship. when That's why a lot of people don't understand worship. All they see is the external. But when you understand the word of God, you understand worship and praise and the necessity of it and why you're doing it. And then you get happy and so you shout. Then you get happy and you praise. Then you get happy and you worship in tongues because of the reality of the, the song that you're singing that's backed up and founded in the Word of God. And it really doesn't matter whether it's old or new singing. We have a new generation. We have a new genre of, of songs. But they're all talking. And a lot of them and most of them are scriptures. And if you have learned that scripture, I'm not talking about memorizing it, but if you've studied about it and that comes on the, on the screen and you begin to sing that song and know the meaning of it and have the foundation of it, it begins to transform your Feeling and you begin to enter into worship people in a deeper way because the Holy Spirit begins to enlighten that to you. So this is what Theophilus wanted to do. I mean, uh, Luke, he wanted Theophilus to get the message. Half the church, believe me, saints, don't get the message. And I don't say that with bias and I don't say that we have it all. Because there are a lot of people across the nation that are doing a lot more than we're doing. But I'm on my way. Can you say amen? amen? So I read the book of Acts. I read some of that books. So I can say, God, I want to know. I want to get a hold on this thing. And that's the way every one of us should be. God, I want to get a hold of this. I want to know the word of God. All right, let's go on. The second narr- narrative is Acts, and uh, the, the Luke gives an account uh, of Jesus' life before the resurrection. Acts gives an account of post, a post-resurrection account after Jesus Christ, 
uh, rose from the dead. And he gives them in the book of Acts the account of the uh, lives of and acts of the apostles. And this is the pattern we want to follow. And Acts leads us into the epistles. The epistles were the books that were written to the churches that were established in the book of Acts. So, a lot of people say, well, you know, well, in, in the epistles, they don't talk about speaking in tongues, and they don't talk about... But they're already writing. You've got to understand, if you know the word, they're already... Paul is writing, all the epistles are written to spirit-filled churches that have already, that have been established by Paul, that have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that are walking in the pattern of the book of Acts. So you don't, you don't always have to, have to, uh, you know, when you talk about being filled with the Spirit and say, well, now don't forget that you're going to speak in tongues. No, when you're talking about the Spirit, it is understood by Spirit-filled people, it means that we are filled with the Spirit because we spoke in tongues. We have the anointing because we have the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So Paul, uh, uh, Luke is saying here, I want you to understand, oh great Theophilus, of all the things that Jesus began to teach and do. And not only that, in Acts 1.8, this includes the record of Jesus' promise of transferring his power to the disciples in Acts 1.8. It says here, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. It doesn't do you any good to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues if you don't know what to do with it. This is why we teach. Well, somebody say amen. Well, I got one amen on that. <laughs> Glory. Is it? I'm not supposed to say that. Okay. Acts 1, 2, and 3. I'm trying to get out of the habit, Ray. The second verse. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm trying not to be long because we were busy yesterday and uh, I don't want to wear you out altogether. So you'll come back next Sunday, get a little more. But I'm going to get into this. After he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking to them of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. I want you to know that Jesus put a lot into those 40 days. And we'll be talking about it. Let's look at Acts. First of all, I want you to look at Acts 1.3. It says, He presented Himself alive and speaking to them of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And the corresponding scripture is Luke 24.45. And it says, He opened up their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Now, again, I'm going to repeat myself. Prior to the resurrection, the disciples had been unable to comprehend the scriptures uh, pertaining to the kingdom. They didn't understand the full meaning of the crucifixion. In fact, they didn't even know what he was talking about when he was telling, going to, when he was telling him, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. They're going to get a hold of me. They're going to crucify me. And uh, they're going to kill me. And they're going to put me in, in the tomb. And I'm going to rise again. The disciples 
prior to the Holy Ghost, did not understand a word that he was saying. Went over their heads. Even after he rose from the dead and they just began to talk to him, he said to them, they said to him, are you going to, are you going to establish the kingdom now? Are you going to establish an earthly kingdom now? And Jesus said, that's not for this time. This is not the point of the discussion. This doesn't enter into the discussion. He said, but I want you to comprehend and understand, but you should receive power. This is what you're concentrating on right now, boys. Can you imagine it? Two ladies, can't remember them, Mary Magdalene and, and some, another Mary, I guess it was, went to the tomb, found the tomb empty. In fact, it was Mary Magdalene that met Jesus, didn't recognize him because of his, his glorified state. And he spoke to her, and when he spoke to her, she recognized him by his voice when he said, Mary. And she got all excited, ran back to the disciples, and what was the disciples? They looked at her like she was crazy. He'd been telling them he was going to be raised from the dead. See, they didn't comprehend. This is why Luke was writing the book of Luke and the book of Acts because he wanted Theophilus to get the facts. All right? So they didn't have a full meaning of crucifixion, didn't have the full meaning of the resurrection, didn't have the full meaning of the power of the Holy Spirit. This was the bunch that God was going to leave to build a church. You're talking about love and confidence. The reason and purpose of Jesus' ministry was to prepare for the coming of the kingdom. His whole purpose of in before his resurrection and in the New Testament. Everybody talks about the New Testament as if the church was already... The church did not get established until the book of Acts. Jesus himself in the, in, the, in, the, in the four Gospels were living under the law. And everybody thinks, oh, the, the, the thief that died on the cross went right straight to heaven. No, he didn't. He went to paradise. The place of the abode of the righteous dead. What do you think Jesus was doing while he was not in the tomb and his body was laying there? He was going down there into paradise where all the Old Testament saints were reserved for because why didn't they go right into heaven? I'll tell you why. Because he had to go there and show them that he was their Messiah and that he had shed his blood for them. And he preached. The Bible says in Peter, he preached to those in paradise. And then supernaturally elevated all of those, including John the Baptist. John the Baptist was not in the church. He was a forerunner of it. He told them about it. There couldn't be a church established until Jesus Christ was crucified. There couldn't be a Pentecost until the crucifixion and until the resurrection. All the people who got, who believed on Jesus Christ in the, in the, in the gospels was believing on him under the law. 
and under the Old Testament mandates, those were the people who died and went into that place of the abode of the, of the, of the, of the believing dead. And Jesus, you know, we think that Jesus was laying in the tomb, spirit, soul, and body. Honey, I want to tell you, God incarnate does not lie dead. That body was there, but God himself was down there teaching and revealed to the, those in, in, in paradise who he was. And they believed and were translated, okay, supernaturally into heaven. And when Jesus said to that thief on the cross, you will be with me today in paradise, he wasn't talking about heaven because Jesus didn't die and go to heaven. And I'm going to tell you another thing. Jesus didn't go into hell either. The place in the abode of the devil. Jesus never touched hell. He conquered hell. He got the keys of hell. Oh, it's wonderful preaching when you go down in and it gets the people shouting. And Jesus marched right into hell, you know, right among those demons and those devils. And he said, this devil, give me the keys. Honey, he already had the keys at the cross. When he cried out, it is finished. And the Bible said he cried out with a loud voice. And he dethroned the devil. He took the authority away from the devil. And why do we bother with the devil? Can you say amen? When he's got no authority. He's a big bag of wind. Don't mess with him because he's tricky. And he'll confuse you. That's why you've got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So that you will have discernment of his workings. Don't play with him. He's not a play toy. And he means business, and he's sinister, and he is the problem of all that we're seeing in the world today. This is good teaching. That's why you shout and praise and worship, because you know that your Redeemer liveth. He has conquered the grave. He has conquered uh, death. We are overcomers. And let me tell you something else. We are not Protestants. We're overcomers. We're proclaimers. The spirit-filled church. Oh, we're categorized in that. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it's Protestant as opposed to our Catholic friends. Amen. I mean, you know, in other words, we're Protestant, we're not Catholic. Uh, I'll leave that there. I'll leave that alone. It's none of my business. Can you say amen? So, but literally, we are proclaimers. We've been filled with the Spirit and we are proclaiming the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I didn't think I'd get so much into the introduction. Amen. (laughs) Somehow I manage it. So through the release of the Holy Spirit, Jesus supernaturally opened up their understanding, speaking to them of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Jesus spent 40 days 
with his disciples after his resurrection. Instructing them, teaching them, giving them commandments. These instructions were all pertaining to the operation in the kingdom of God, such as the apostolic church, the book of Acts. The operation in the supernatural. The apostolic doctrine and the Holy Spirit. Now, don't get apostolic mixed up with legalism. I'm not talking about a legalistic church. I'm talking about an apostolic church. When I talk about apostolic, I'm talking about a spirit-filled church in the book of Acts. When God pours out, I mean, anybody, it doesn't matter the name over the door, anybody, no matter what that identity is, can have the apostolic experience and operating in an apostolic church lifestyle. Get that clear. All right? So he was teaching all that concerned the doctrine, the discipline, and the establishment of Jesus Christ. And next week, but it won't be next week. That's the... uh, Ah, you knew. Some of you did. Some of you, that went right over your head. Or else it's like me, you tell me something in five minutes, I'll forget it. Probably that's more than the way it like it, right? Amen. So we're going to get into the Acts 1-2 next week, a uh, week after. It says, after he through the Holy Spirit gave commandments to the apostles, he supernaturally opened that understanding. I mean, it was a supernatural act of God. How could a bumbling, I'll be kind. I'll just say, though, that word. How could a bumbling group of men? Now, a lot of times people said, well, they were ignorant. No, that's not talking about they were illiterate. Those guys, I mean, Peter run a business. He couldn't have been stupid. Peter and John. And Peter had to sit. If he was a male child, he had to sit under a rabbi. That means... He hadn't been, if I can put it in our terms, hadn't been ordained as a rabbi. And so when those rabbis looked at him and they saw his sins, they, they weren't, they saw them, how could they speak so well? Because they hadn't learned the speech of the rabbinical uh, uh, teaching. And yet they spoke the truth. They didn't, they weren't intelligent. They were just blind. I mean, all they, I mean, they've done fishing all their lives. What do they know? What do they know about the precepts of God? They were out there thinking about getting food on the table to feed their families. And a lot of those disciples were married, including Peter. I don't know how he could have been the Pope. But anyway, he's moving on. Amen. That's why I said it so quiet. Amen. But anyway, praise the Lord. Moving right along. All right? <laughs> oh. But he, we're going to talk about his supernaturally opening up. I mean, it was a miraculous act. 40 days of nothing but intense teaching. Turn those bumbling 12 into powerhouses for God. I mean, Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and preached a message 
that was profound. He knew his Bible. And the Bible said, with the eleven. Or with, yeah, they, they were standing there with him. He didn't contradict anything. Or knowing the disciples, you know the disciples. They would have told him. And they would have stopped him short while he was preaching and said, Peter, that's not the way Jesus told us. They weren't afraid of one another. They weren't afraid to contradict one another. <laughs> Get one another straight. Amen. So that's what we're going to talk about. He supernaturally, think of it. Now, I want to tell you something. We're following the pattern. We're following a pattern of a supernatural church. Why do we want to water it down? We want to water worship down. We want to water tongues down. We want to, anything in the book of Acts, we want to water down. Why? Don't get too loud. Don't shout too much. Don't keep the church too long. So what we've done, I don't know what kind of a quick church we quit, but I want to tell you something. I want to tell you on a secret. We're getting back to the book of Acts. I am thrilled at what's happening, and you're going to hear me repeating over what's happening in California. That's one thing I like about young people. They get something and they just don't care. And can you imagine in the 60s, God going to the hippies and filling them with the Holy Ghost? You know why? Because we who were in the church were so staid and starch. He couldn't even get through the doors. So they went out, they fell out on, what, however they say, they, the, the, the hippies, they turned off and turned on and something turned out and whatever. And those turned off, turned off, crazy hippies, God filled with the Holy Ghost. And the same thing was happening. It all remember, awful. I lived in the, in, in the 60s as, 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 a, as a young people, young person. And I mean, it's almost happening the same way out there in California and Massachusetts. I mean, can you imagine? That's unconventional. Baptizing people in, the, uh, in a public font. You're, sp- you're supposed to have a baptismal. According to tradition. That baptizing, I think the last count, it was over a thousand some that they baptized. Being filled with the Holy Ghost right on the beach and being healed. That's the book of Acts. And we're getting back to it. And honey, I want to tell you something. I want every bit of it. And I told God, I says, if you can do it on the West Coast, you can do it on the East Coast. Oh, we're a little more stiff and starchy, but God can take that old downy starchiness out of us. Can you say amen? And put some new oil and some new fire and limber us up a bit. I see some of you, you're getting one hand up. I look across and I say, God, let that other hand shoot up. You get a little, little in your little toe. And you're shaking one toe. I said, God, knock the other leg out of him. So he'll have to do something to stand. Can you say amen? amen? I'm talking about the power of the book of Acts that we have seen revealed to us. We experienced it here this morning, but there's more. There's more. I mean, I thrill. Do you realize that Charlie was healed? 
Anna was healed. She was bleeding. Uh, Elizabeth was healed miraculously. Some of you others, I mean, I mean, it's, uh, and it's been happening more and more. I want more. The other day, and you're going to hear me hop on this. I was thrilled when I looked down there, and there was Caitlin speaking in tongues, and we never even touched her. And I heard someone while I was talking speaking in tongues. I looked over, and there was Caitlin. Just, I mean, that's the way it should be. The Holy Ghost should just fall, boom, and you're speaking in tongues. Honey, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, just start worshiping God, and whatever comes to your mouth, start speaking it. You say, well, perhaps I heard, I'm afraid it's me. Asked exactly who it is. Is it me that's talking? <laughs> and it ain't a ghost there standing you. You're there. All five foot, six foot, seven foot, whatever you are. Gray, white, pink, purple hair doesn't make any difference. Just let it go. Say amen. amen. Speak in tongues every day. It's one of your weapons. It's part of the book of Acts. Part of the church. We're on the right track. Let's not get off. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. Let's all stand. God bless you. You've been a good audience. You have to be putting up with my preaching. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. I didn't say anything. All right. Pastor, yes, dear. See, I'm a down east. Did you hear what I said? Yes, dear. Yeah. I say, come on, folks. Let's jump on Jesus' train. Amen. 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 I like you. I like this man. I'm telling you. I don't know where you found him, but I'm going to tell you you found a jewel. <laughs> Amen. And I think he's jumped on. Didn't you say praise the Lord? Amen. Lift your hands and give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not going to have you come around the altar today because you've been working so hard. And I want to let you out. I did good today. Quarter past 12. That's good. And a uh, new record. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good. We're so glad for all for our fellow our visitors that were with us, or guests, I should say. You're never a visitor here. You're just a guest and a friend. Amen. And I pray that the Lord will go with you. Uh, promote the book of Acts. Present the book of Acts as you go out. Lay hands on the sick. Amen. Pray someone through to the Holy Ghost this week. Amen. If someone gives their lives to Jesus Christ, grab them and get someone to help you baptize them and put them under. Get them in church. Get them serving the Lord. Because in church is where... You know why you come to church? It isn't going to get blessed. It's to learn how to work out there. So you are getting instruction today. Can you say amen? amen? And every time we come, praise the Lord. And worship. Now, when you worship, it builds you up and gives you fire to go out there and worship and serve the Lord. Amen? Praise God. God bless you.